This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 15, Episode 4. I'm your host, Ian, and I have with me... This is Dev. And this is Jetlag. <laughs> uh, we have a little bit of news from Comics Pro and Solicits, and then we have our one review of Detective Comics plus Greater Gotham. So, let's get into the news. At the Comics Pro Retailers Convention, DC announced two main things that relate to Batman. The first is that... A few years ago, they commissioned some new Batman manga in Japan. This would be Batman, the Joker, and Superman stories written and illustrated by Japanese artists, sort of licensed by DC. So it's not edited by any of DC's staff. But they are going to be releasing those both on DC Universe Infinite, the digital platform, and uh, in stores. So that is exciting for people who like both Batman and manga. I actually have an old one from the, I think, the 90 of Batman manga. They've tried this several times. What do you guys think about this Batmanga? I think it's fun. I love manga. Manga, manga, whatever. I have quite a few volumes at home. And having Batman manga would be fun. As someone not heavily familiar with, Manga. I mean, so much so I used to call it Magna, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't have much of an opinion. Um, I wonder if they're going to print it in America backwards, so there's less. I don't know. Hurdle? Well, the interesting thing is that Marvel recently did something like this and actually got its products onto the supermarket, so like Target and Walmart shelves. So, okay, okay, I gotta ask. Well, this this is total wait, 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 this total noob, total noob question. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm 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 the oldie, but total noob. Is there a difference between anime and manga? Yes. Anime, anime is the television. Manga is comics. Right. Ah. So you read manga, you watch anime. But the ah. thing about anime that people from oh. the West may or may not know is that it's almost always based on a manga, or and like it's not, not like. 
like so Batman Begins is based on Batman Year One, but it's like very creative and breaks from the story a lot. Anime generally is really faithful to the manga, with the one exception that sometimes they run out of manga to adapt and have to make up their own. See, and that's why there's two fruits baskets. They did one before the run was finished and the other one after it finished. And seeing that's what, again, me not being familiar all these years, I thought that they were technically the same, with the only difference is that manga was typically always black and white, no. which was generally the concept behind what we got in Future State Gotham. Correct. They were trying for that audience. I don't think that was a good idea because you're selling at the same market. If they want that audience, they need to get into the places that you sell manga. Manga is generally always black and white. There might be like a few exceptions where it's like a special. Well, they have like a splash page at the beginning of the volume, but it's just like one page. But generally, as like a general rule, manga is not color. And I don't don't think there's a special word for when it is colored. So before it's also produced ridiculously fast. So. Comics produce 22 pages a month for a storyline. Manga produces like volumes, like 50 pages a week. It can. It just depends. Like there are some people who have been working on like a single run for years. And then there's some that like pump them out like they're. Well, they they have studios. But like if you there's been these famous calendars where like a, a successful manga artist writer actually shows their schedule and they're like sleeping like four to six hours a night and it's insane like schedules are like like i'll I'll put it this way so i sometimes do preview episodes on my other podcasts and in looking over what i'm gonna cover i always look at the manga section i don't ever see single issues it's always volumes correct because that's how they produce them yeah, I th- well, I think how it works is manga is usually produced in, like, a magazine. And so you'll get oh, right. like an a whole bunch of different magazine. stories of chapters in a magazine of different types of mangas. Like, different runs of different stories, different artists, different storytellers. And then they're collected in volumes, and that's generally what we get here in the U.S. are the volumes. Yeah, so think about urban legends, but instead of four crummy stories, it's like <laughs> ten long, thick stories. And then they collect them in, in like a trade. And they're like way less expensive because the market's way bigger. Also, labor is cheap. And they don't have to do color ink and they don't have to do color pages and blah. blah. You just read back. Honestly, I think it's really the, the, the market size. I don't think it's actually coloring. And you read back. And you read backwards. You, re- you read right to left. Well, you're supposed to. Like supposed back to. in the early days in the nineties, they would flip the page. Did they the, flip it? <laughs> and fans would get very mad. Huh? Wait. I that... did have a I did have a thing the other day where I was reading I don't know what I was reading. I was like reading some manga and then I switched to reading Batman and it took me just a, a few Your minutes brain to like gets confused. I was like, hold on, I got the story doesn't make any sense. This has been our lesson for the day. <laughs> So anyway, we will probably check out these manga when they hit the U.S. And so check the site out. Uh, At the Comics Pro convention, they also announced the summer event is going to be called Night Terrors, which we knew already. Uh, We learned a lot more, though. It's not a Batman event. It's a 
Justice League Trinity event, so Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are the headlining characters that they're releasing promotional images. It's supposed to be a horror uh, story. It's written by Josh Williamson, and the main art is by Howard Porter. And We're supposed to want to read this. Sorry. I know that's that's my. <laughs> Let me finish the announcement, then we'll talk. Um, there's also going to be. It's only two months, so it's going to be like only either weekly or every other week, and a bunch of titles are going to tie in. And I don't know if that means we're going to have like miniseries like Convergence, or if it's going to take over the title like um, Night of the Monster Men. So it hasn't been super clear how that's going to work, but. It is going to have tie-ins, and it's probably not going to be the main creative teams working on them. So we already had some comments about Howard Porter, which I fully co-signed, Steph. But tell me, what do you think about Night Terrors? Nothing of that sounds wonderful or lovely. Mm. No, I'm not interested. Just why? Why? Why all of a sudden? And and this is not just a DC problem, because the same type of crap is going on at Marvel as well. When one event ends, we're right into another one. Why? Why? It serves zero purpose. I mean, we... Well, we it serves we, one purpose, which well, is... N- n- it, 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 do they really do they really make that much of a difference though I mean... Yes, do, they, they do, and the reason we know that is because they keep doing them. Um, I do think that they're going to have to um, pull back because both Dark Crisis and Lazarus Planet were not as successful as they were hoping. I think Dark Crisis was more successful, but Lazarus Planet, I think, is going to hurt a lot of comic stores because they did not sell. Um, I I like the fact that this is a two-month event instead of a six or seven month event um i much prefer when you get the event over i i don't know i just i i actually enjoyed dark crisis as theo uh curses me for because i betrayed him but you didn't enjoy it you didn't enjoy it. you just I, enjoy seeing steph that's enjoyment <laughs> you just enjoy seeing oh there she is there she is okay i like this thumbs up exactly I'm a comic fan. The, like the, the, the story could be absolutely terrible. Oh, look at that stuff. Thumbs up. Well, remember that one of the only other events I've read is Convergence, which I also read for the same reason. So, um, I, mean, I mean, you like those folks on Reddit who give an automatic upvote whenever Steph is, is in a picture or something. Correct. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> now, granted, I do the same thing for Cass, but. Exactly. You know the feeling, it's just you don't share the same character. We're not talking Um, about me right now. I'm just really not happy that it's... uh, I'm not not excited. uh, And even before the whole Howard Porter thing, I guess he and he and and Joshua Williamson are a team now. But I just... I'm I'm tired of the events. I mean, it just... it, 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 It does... I'm gonna be quiet until I get into my rant in Greater Gotham. But it, it it just does it does nothing for me. I mean, I just don't care. I mean, I will definitely say Lazarus Planet did worse than nothing. It actually got me less excited about the things it was trying to promote. So I, I definitely feel yeah, I feel like this is a little better because we are gonna have a break from so March, April, and May, there's not gonna be any event. I would have preferred it if there was no event from January to May. 
that would have been much more ideal, but apparently they wanted Mark Wade to have an event. <sighs> but we're going to rant about that later. Uh, solicitations hadn't one. dropped by the time we recorded last time. We had a couple pieces, but um, two titles have Batman connections, and those are Titans by Tom Taylor and Nicola Scott, and Spirit World by Alyssa Wong and, I don't know, someone. <laughs> I'm not excited about either of these things. <laughs> so what do you think? Yeah, Titans is... <laughs> what was the other one? Tom Taylor. Spirit world. Cast goes to the um, Chinese spirit world and no, fights no, spirit no, vampires. Wait, wait, who no. goes to the spirit world? Yeah. As in Cassandra Kane? I'm reading yeah. both. I'm reading both of those, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Automatic Tom Taylor upvote, at least for one issue, and then uh, Yeah, I'll I'm, give I'm, him I'm, a chance. I'm, I'm, but... I'm gonna be all I'm gonna be all Dark Crisis in on uh <laughs> <laughs> On the other one. <laughs> well, good. You can be the one who reads it, so I don't have to. You might just um, enjoy it. I mean, okay. So my policy, as always, is I will read the first issue. After that, I, if I don't want to, I won't. You poop on it. We we're gonna have problems. <laughs> I feel like uh, not reading it is fine. Although, 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 to my credit. I don't do all things all time Taylor because I stayed far away from uh, Superman. <laughs> I get a peek see every once in a while. <sighs> You're not perfect, but I love you anyway. <laughs> but I love you anyway. All hmm. right, that wraps up our news. Um, now let's get to our review of Detective Comics number ten sixty nine. This is written by Ram V. Artist, uh, we have three artists, Dexter Soy, Stefano Raphael, and Miguel Mendonca. Uh, this is Gotham Nocturne Act 1, Part 4. As our story begins, Ten-Eyed Man and Two-Face wait over the badly injured Batman. Ten-Eyed Man's insanity pierces the veil of the future and the spirit. Batman wakes, and Two-Face drives off his fellow madman to speak to Bruce, saying that Harvey and Two-Face both know Bruce's secret identity, and they will help Bruce, but threaten his family if he tries to destroy the Two-Face personality again. The Orgums attack, and in a flash-forward, the golden-eyed Orgum, Shravad, observes the effects of the battle. Gordon talks to Babs about the two days since Batman was injured in the last issue. Then Batman shows up at his private detective agency door. Shavad and the werewolf Gale report to Prince Arzen about the difficulty of fighting Batman, as if he were a virus or addiction. Arzen orders more and more of the Gotham poor turned into asthma demon-possessed soldiers, forcing Gotham to break her addiction to Batman and come to the Orgums instead. Commissioner Montoya feels something is wrong, even though crime is way down despite dramatic terror attacks. But her police chief says to take the win and embrace the Orgums. Renee resists the temptation to put on her question mask and investigate, but calls Eric Wells, parole officer from the GCPD Blue Wall series, who quit, to her office instead. 
Gordon patches Bruce up, keeping his mask on, but tells him Bruce can't keep this campaign up without rest and recuperation. Batman says he'll give everything he has and then give more. Gordon points Batman to Oracle and her discoveries about the sewers. Babs tells Batman there are patterns beneath the city. Freeze has been building a cooling network based on those patterns. Cassandra Kane, Batgirl, is investigating, and she finds the cages of the poor waiting to be infected with an asthma demon. One of Catwoman's pupils, Lestray, who calls herself Shoes, or Cheshire Cat, also known as Leon Harper, daughter of Roy, the Red Arrow, breaks free of the cages. She gets shot in the leg, but Solomon Grundy comes to her aid in the sewers. So, first question, which I I want to tip my hat to Steph, who (laughs) said this in the chat. Do you think that the covers in this book, both the main and the variant covers, are reflecting the book's storyline and tone? And I think the reason I asked that was I didn't think so. Like, they try to slip Barbados imagery throughout the book. But I'm just not feeling Bruce's turmoil. I'm not feeling, I don't know. I'm not feeling the horror or the erotic horror, whatever kind of horror it is that is reflected in the covers. I'm not feeling that in the books. And what there is in the books, it just feels forced. Like Ten-Eyed Man was there for two pages and that was it. And he spewed some garbage and then that was the end of his being there. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not having fun reading this. (laughs) And. I kind of wish it was dramatic like the covers, but I'm just not feeling that uh, emotional connection to the story. I mean, you've got stories like, you know, um, Phantom of the Opera. That's what I'm thinking of. The covers make me think it would be a Phantom of the Opera type horror story. And it's not. I don't know. I don't care. I don't care about the organs. I don't care. The only thing I care about is Two-Face, and he hardly had anything to do this time. I don't know. No, not at all. I, I don't know I don't know how else to explain it. I, there hasn't been a cover yet since since this arc has started, since Ram V Ram V's arc. Since Ram V's run has started, that really makes much sense in what we're getting in the story. However, you know, that's kind of par for the course for DC anyway. You know, we, we, we've discussed many a times where the covers had absolutely nothing to do with the story, except during uh, Tamaki's run. But that's neither here nor there. I would there. say that Jorge Jimenez's covers for uh, Zdarsky's run have we're generally been to, pretty good at reflecting the inside. I mean, he's to, the same artist, so that helps. And I'm not to, saying it needs to reflect exactly what's going on, but they all have a similar tone. Like it, this isn't like, oh, it's this is this is the the workout cover. This is the swimming cover. Ha ha! Isn't that cute? It's like no, no. Each one of these has a very specific tone, and each variant is is reflective of that tone. And it's been in more than one book. This is not just a one-off ha ha fun cover or who is this spooky cover. These are supposed to be setting. I would say after so many covers, 
These are supposed to be setting the tone for the book. These are supposed to be reflective, if not of exactly what's going on in the book, then the tone of the book. And I feel like they're trying too hard and they're they're not advertising too much and delivering too little. I think that's partly because the book, the book is very cerebral. Like I do get emotions out of it, but the covers are going for a very visceral feeling. And I Mm -hmm. feel like they should go for much more cerebral Mm -hmm. marketing. Now, I don't know, maybe those cerebral covers wouldn't sell well, but they would be more coherent. Yeah, That's a really good question. I'll have to think about that because like, so I pay a lot of attention, of course, to the Batgirls cover because I I read the book, I buy the book and I review the book. Um, And I would say uh, that that book's covers do reflect what's inside. There's a good sense of the the whimsy and also some of the melancholy and the silliness uh, in the Batgirls covers. I think those are coherent covers. Uh, and I mentioned Batman with Jorge Jimenez's covers. Those are also pretty coherent. If you look at the covers for Catwoman, those covers are all selling... They're selling the appeal of Catwoman's physical form. Let us say that. And that's not what the book is selling. So there's another case of a a strong disconnect between what the covers are selling and what the book is offering. So I I don't know. That's that's an interesting thing to ponder about. I'll try and remember that next episode and and see if it provokes any other discussion. So this 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 main story, as I mentioned, has three artists. Uh, Could you tell the changes between the artists? Is one of them the backup? No, the main story has three artists. Hmm. I mean, not really. I guess looking a little more critically at it now, there's finer lines for some of them, but I was not having a good time, so I was not paying attention to the artist quite so much. I mean, I could argue that's a good thing because it means that they they meshed well Yeah, they did. Solomon Grundy is very scary. I really liked Grundy's appearance. That That was fun. Um, as far as the different art styles, I really didn't pay much attention either, but I'm cheating right now and I'm going back and I'm looking again. And uh, the differences aren't too heavy. I mean, you re- it, again, I guess that's part of the reason why I didn't notice it. But there, there's not much difference. Let me see. Does I can. I can tell the difference partly because I was looking for it when I was doing my review, but partly also because I know Dexter Stoy and Stefano Raphael and Miguel McDonka's art reasonably well because I've seen all a lot of their work in other books. I think the editor did a really good job working with them to make sure their styles and designs blended, and the colorist did a really good job making sure that it all feels coherent color-wise. I'm kind of puzzled why they have three artists on the main story. Um, this run has done a lot of this kind of fill-in art, even though it's a monthly book. And I don't know why. It doesn't seem like the kind of thing you would ask to do, which makes me wonder if they're making changes that require multiple artists, or if, I don't know. It's a very strange situation that one of their main books that is shipping monthly, so it's not twice a month, and it's not weekly. And especially since, you know, when they did Detective Comics Weekly for three months in a row, they had only three artists and every artist did four issues and each issue was coherent. It was all the same artist. Did they, did they not have the creator page? 
That's what I'm looking to see. Because usually, if they have multiple artists, they'll they'll lay out who does what. I don't see it in yeah, the. Yeah, they digit. didn't do that. I yeah. could tell you which pages are which because I recognize the style, but I'd have to do a page count to figure out, you know, what stretches are what. I know that Dexter Story did most of it, especially in the beginning. And see, and, 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 and Raphael did sort of towards the end of the story. And and see, and then I think that's part of my issue with regards to not because I didn't even know that this was Dexter Soy. And I know... I won't know if I would have known if I hadn't read the credits carefully. Yeah, and I, and, and that's only because I remember Dexter's art on Outsiders, and I really enjoyed his art on Outsiders. Yeah, he did the first, like, ye- uh, two years of Red Hood and the Outside. Uh, no, no. Batman. Did, Batman no, and the most Outside. Of the art yeah, he did. Batman. I'm thinking of uh, Red Hood Outlaw. Which he also did. Yeah, and I really enjoyed his art. And and yeah, I enjoyed yeah, his art on Red Hood too. And it did not look like and again, this could be colors. That's making well, it Well, I think he was deliberately trying to mesh with Ivan Ries and um Raphael Albuquerque style. I think he's trying to uh, have a coherent look. Yeah, so you got me there. I did I I had no clue. Shifting gears from the craft to the story, what do you think of Jim's, Babs, Cass, and Leon Harper becoming a much bigger part of the story. Before this, Jim has shown up, but it's largely been sort of Bruce alone. Uh, and we're finally delving into the Bat family. What do you think about that? I mean, I'm happy about that. I am, um, again, I'm just not emotionally invested in the story. So there wasn't too much like excitement or like, oh, yay, the Bat family. Uh, it was more of a relief, I guess, of, oh, good. <laughs> At least uh, they're alive. I don't know. It's good that he's depending on them. I'm happy about that. And I'm glad the bat, the cat family is making it into this book because it makes me comp- not confident, hopeful that cat could be involved somehow. I don't know. I'm, I'm happy, but not like super happy. Automatic castle. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I am always happy to see my girl. I'm very happy to see the bat family. I like the way that, um, Ramvi is integrating uh, Jim, Babs, Cass, and Shoes. Uh, I think they're all good. And of course, I mean, he basically created the current version of Leon Harper. So, of course, she's in character with that. But the way he used Cass was really smart. And the way he used Babs is pretty smart. It's, it, it doesn't feel as unnecessary as Williamson and Tynan sometimes wrote uh, Barbara as Oracle. I, I hope that this isn't just a one off. I hope that this is like the start of. Uh, the Bat family coming together because the Orgums with their huge asthma army, I think you're going to need like much more of the Bat family to take on this threat. So I hate to bring this question back, but I feel like I need to. Does Batman feel like he's the main character of this story? No, but again, I mean, I think my answer has always been that's okay. It's detective comics, not Batman comics. Uh, so that's fine. But I feel like... But is there a main character who's not Batman? No. I think that's kind of the problem. I think that's... Yeah, I, think what yeah, I, I feel like we're getting so many snippets of different people's stories, but it doesn't feel like any one person is the focus. Like, we're not... Other than Renee, like, we're really not following anyone. Yeah, I think that's a good... That's a really good observation. Theo, what do you think? Well, I agree with you, you know, and I, I've said that 
even going all the way back to Tamaki's run, you know, when we had a Batman story starring Bruce Wayne, you know, he doesn't always have to be the focal point. Now, I struggle to see if there's a focal point of the arc. I don't think there is just yet, which is a problem. But I I do enjoy that there is there is a main character for each each issue, you know. So and and the, my favorite main character thus far has been those issues with Harvey. I think Graham V is able to do a lot of good stuff with people with characters like Harvey and Freeze and even Bruce. Um, and I I've always said I like the way he used Jim and. Leon and Cassandra in this issue, but I think the way that he's introduced the the Orgums and their effect on Gotham, it feels too quick. And I have the same criticism like Tom King. The way he got to City of Bane, I thought was too quick. Uh, Tynan also, although I think Tynan Tynan's ideas were a bit simpler, so he was able to to punch them on the screen a little more easily. But what the Orgums are doing is really complicated and, and it affects a lot of people and it's hard for us to see and feel that effect. So, I don't know. It just, it feels like a lot of wrong scene problems. So, I'm not necessarily critiquing the story that Ramvi is trying to tell because I feel like I'm starting to get the shape of it and I sort of enjoy it. But I feel like he's consistently picking the wrong scenes to tell us that story. And so we don't have a connection because the characters he's choosing to tell us the scenes about, he's not getting us to care about. Um, it's it's a really puzzling problem because I, I feel like this is not a lazy issue. Like I feel like Ramby's putting a lot of his heart and his mind into it. Is there's a lot of thought going into it, but it's not working for me. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, why it's not working. Um, and that's what I've come up with for this issue. <laughs> I think there's some wrong scenes going on. Lastly, what does the struggle between the Orgums and Batman seem to mean to you? Um, I'm I'm thinking sort of like there's a parallel to the Court of Owls where there's this ancient predatory secret aristocracy preying on Gotham City. Um, but I don't know. What, do you, what does that mean to you? Like I said, I've been having trouble emotionally connecting to this story. But... I guess the I think the struggle was supposed to be whatever's going on with Barbados, but that's really fallen a long. Yeah, road. I don't, and I don't understand what that's doing at all. It, 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 there's been no mention, and yeah, quite I mean, a while. his face shows up a couple of times, but it doesn't do anything. <laughs> so, I mean, the only thing I can think that this story means to me is no, no man is an island. <laughs> Sure, I, don't fair. <laughs> I don't know. No, that that's very fair. Uh what does the or what's the sort of theme or real world connection or what are your thoughts on this overall story? What do you think Ramvi is trying to say? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't known I haven't known from day one. And I know you started getting a better picture once he did the annual, but I'm still in limbo because it's still moving slow. I don't deny that it's moving slow. It's and very, very it's slow. just, I, I don't know, it's just, it it's so 
task heavy to get through it. I just, by the time I'm done, I don't even know if I want to know the point of it. It's just, you, you get what I'm saying, Steph? I hear you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. It's just, and, and I love Ron V with everything that he's written up until Detective. I just, it's, it's such a struggle. And no, I don't know what the point of the story is right now. And I don't know if it's, if it's Harvey's struggle with himself. I don't know if it's Bruce's struggle with Barbados who seems to have disappeared. I don't know if it's, if it's the boy who keeps coming and going, who doesn't have a name so we could just call him Nero 19. I just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. And I, I don't feel like we should have to wait until whenever this is going to end to get it figured out. And it's just, I don't, I don't know. All the joy. Kind of stuff you pull on OGNs. Yeah. The, 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 this would be probably be a perfect OGN, something that you could read from start to finish. But in a serial format where you have issues coming out on a monthly basis, it's just uh, all the joy that Mariko, Mariko Tamaki brought after all the dreadfulness of Detective Comics prior to then. All that love is just gone now, and I don't. Uh, I just I don't. Just it's it's a struggle. I don't like to struggle to read to get to the ending of a title, especially a Batman title. You know, if it's not a Batman book, I can easily just close it and move on to the next one. But it's just it's such a struggle, and I don't like that. Yeah, I usually read all the books in one sitting because I'm a procrastinator, and I usually read our main book first and last. And Tech Weeks, I just I put it off for as long as I can because I don't want to read Tech. I I don't disagree. I actually have to review tech, and normally when there's a book I review, I'll read it early. But uh, for two of the books I'm reviewing right now, that's not <laughs> happening. And, and 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 from from one person who's reviewing it now to another who used to review it, and you know, I had did you did you pick up right as Round V started, or did I do the first few issues? I can't I think remember. You did the first three, and I picked up four. Yeah, and and I I think that's where my that's where the struggle really began, or at least when I really noticed the struggle was when doing my review. It really became a struggle. Like Mariko Tamaki could have done a biweekly or twice monthly book for her entire run, and I would have been just anxiously waiting to do it. That, that's how much joy. And I'm not just speaking about shadows, but just what she brought to Detective was, but it's just such a struggle. And, and, and it's disheartening to say that, considering, one, this is Detective Comics, and two, it's Ron B, who I have always been a fan of. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Let's move to our backup. Uh, the second part of this uh, 
comic contains the first of a three-part story called Absolute, written by Cy Spurrier, and art by Casper... I'm going to say Wingard, but it's got a, a bunch of extra letters in there, so I could be <laughs> saying it wrong. <laughs> Dr. Mead, Two-Face's psychiatrist, uh, thinks about the necessary illusion of choice as she's imprisoned by Mr. Freeze after Two-Face helped slash ordered her to flee Gotham, but her bush crashed on Mr. Freeze's ice. Freeze is running experiments on rats and the strange patterns under Gotham City. Attacked by the Orgum's asthma army, he freezes them, crushing Mead's hopes again. He's obsessing over how his wife Nora hated him when she was unfrozen in Tomasi's detective comics, and freezes Mead while playing a tune that supposedly will prevent the brain damage he blames for Nora's hatred. As she freezes, Mead discovers a spiritual entity calling itself Earworm. All right, so we've got a new backup, and this backup is super connected to what's going on in Ram V's story. So, what do you think of this new artist? Oh, I like the art. I like the colors, too. Like, for as sad and horrible and terrible as the story is, they're lovely colors. There's a lot of purples and reds and whites. I really like the colors. Did not reflect how messed up the story was. Oh, the story was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm on Ian's I'm on Ian's page now with my hatred of Sci Spirit. That story was so bad. Interestingly, I actually uh If I, you say I you enjoyed of, it, I'm gonna scream. But I'm gonna mute myself I while I do so. How connected it is to the main story. I'm uh, muting for one second. <laughs> God jeez. <laughs> To, to his credit, I will always, everything Spurrier has done in this run has been connected. So I will give him that, but God, this story. This was a very miserable story. I'll, I'll definitely give you that. Like, I, I do not enjoy, like, like, the point of the story is to make you feel terrible as this poor woman who has tried to help people gets frozen and probably killed. So, like, that's terrible. What do you think about this connection to Tomasi? Like, this is directly building off of what Tomasi did. Yeah, that's what I felt. But, like, is that something that makes you interested? Or is, like, whatever? I felt like he had come a certain distance. And now I feel like he's exercising an external locus of control again. He's like... No, she didn't hate me because she was bad. She hated me because she had brain damage. Which I mean, it's fair, I guess. But now he's experimenting on people to try to figure it out. It's like, oh, baby boy, that's what you were in trouble for in the first place. And and and, and I, I hate the idea that the redemption that we kind of got in Tomasi's run is now just. And mm-hmm. I just. Mm-hmm. So we've now seen the reversal of these of these redemption stories that we got in Tomasi's run. We've seen it in for Mr. Freeze as well as for Harvey. And I'm just like, well, what the hell is it for? I mean, we just 
Bruce and Selena can't be married and the rogues can't be good. So I'm assuming at some point, well, maybe there's a point to Selena boinking uglies with Valmont in the first place because everybody's supposed to just be cruel bastards and Selena. There was no zero exception. point to that entire storyline and it was terrible and it sucks. So, okay. Well, you know what gets me is that I guess they're trying to connect the blue, what was it called? Blue line? Blue, blue shield, blue. Oh, yeah, blue wall. Blue wall. They're trying to connect the blue wall with this story, but I feel like Harvey is a completely different character in each of these stories. And he's That's a true. pivotal character in both speaking stories. Of, speaking, of, speaking of blue wall, was the cop that Renee was looking at, was that... Was that the guy from Blue Wall? I can't remember. Yes, I meant it to... is. I looked it up. Okay, I, I couldn't remember, but it looked sure the hell looked like him. So now it, it makes me wonder Same whether guy. or not where where Blue Wall is in the timeline because apparently he's a cop in this one, but in Blue Wall, no, he no, was... no. I think it says he quit in this story. I can see. You make me go back and look. I don't want <laughs> to, but I will. I think it's a perfect segue to actually my last question for the story. Does it feel like Ram V and Spurrier are leaning on the irredeemable? Like the sense that no matter how hard you try, you'll always get sucked into evil and selfishness and and destruction and predatory behavior? Because that's what he's done with Freeze and uh, and Two-Face. It seems like that, and that makes me sad. It does. I mean, the thing is, we all know that the villains will always have to go back to being villainous. Um, because that's why they sell. Batman has to fight someone, and if he doesn't fight the classic villains, then you're just going to have lame ripoffs, which is why there's, like, 12 different clay faces. Yeah, and see, that's how I was, I was just about to say that, is that One Bad Day actually was really hard for me to read, because Basil... You and, been... and, what's, and the professor both had such a hard time with that. Basil had such a turnaround. Not only had he given up being evil, he was part of the Bat family. So, 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 wait, hold up, hold up. So, and, and this is a conversation I had on the Reddits, and I, that's what I call Reddit. I call it the Reddits. That's what it deserves. <laughs> I don't think, and then I know we're moving a little bit too long down the line. We're getting into Greater Gotham territory, but <laughs> one bad day, the Clayface story is not in continuity, in my it's opinion. Not. It's so not. So I don't have a problem with him doing what he did because even even I mean as 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 far as as late as shadows, he was doing good guy stuff. So I was okay. Well, but in don't 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 take a don't take away my joy. Don't don't take away my joy. What are you doing, Sadowski's run? Hold on. He was in the first like two issues as a bad guy. Wait, was that Basil though? Uh, yeah, because actually that was a plot point: is that Batman talks about how they work together, and that led him to be able to defeat him in a whatever. But so, so I that... don't necessarily put this on Sperrier or Rom V exactly, but I just feel like it, it's been recent. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's, it it's really hard. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Like I said, I don't like it with I don't like what's happening with Freeze, nor do I like what's happening with Harvey. And if they've somehow done it with Two-Face as well, then I 
triply upset and sad. Uh, so I don't think in this, going back to the Eric Wells question, it doesn't look like he is gone in tech. Cause when she's asking to find him, she's saying that he's in this special operations unit, which is weird because in blue wall, he was in, he was a parole officer. So this makes me wonder whether or not blue wall is behind detective. And that at some point, once it ends, he's going to be back on the force. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Cause he was definitely, he's definitely a parole officer in, uh, Blue wall. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when when Renee says, "Do we still have Eric Wells' number on the books?" That implies to me that he quit. But the special operations thing does seem really weird. Yeah. Maybe that's a spoiler for issue six. We haven't read it yet, so we don't know. All right. Um. Oh, I, I guess I should answer. I. I do think it's really sad. I think the commercial aspect of the fact that these comics don't have ends means that you could never truly redeem a villain because mm-hmm. of the fact that readers like to pay to see, you know, their favorite villain fighting their favorite hero. And I don't think that's bad, but I do think it's sad that any character development on a villain side is almost always going to be undone. There's a couple of exceptions like uh, Pied Piper in the Flash used to be a villain and now I think he's pretty much a hero um, but like Flash is not Batman. Flash's rogues aren't usually as evil as Batman's rogues um, so it feels like that's more realistic to see redemption for them. They tend to be much more thieves rather than murderers whereas Batman's villains are almost all like murder, 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 murder murder, death, kill so, murder, death, kill <laughs> yeah, they're murder death killers. Um, I don't know. This is very sad. It's very, very opera. Opera is very sad, very tragic. Oh, and I guess the last question is, uh, what do you think about this new villain, this uh, earworm? Well, he... So actually, that was one of my complaints about the main story, was that this whole thing about a music box was introduced really early on, and then that was dropped. <laughs> So I guess I'm okay with us learning more about something that was introduced earlier, but my caring capacity is very low. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't remember the music box. I'll have to go check that sometime. Oh yeah, that was the, the remember that was the that was the music box um that Bruce took from them from the ship that they were trying oh, to okay. um, the and the antiques that they were trying to steal. Okay. So you think this is the same music box that um, Freeze is working with? Well, I feel like Earworm's been mentioned before, so that was either in Harvey's Dream or it was really, really early on in the story, or both. You see, all I, all I believe, I, I just think that that's just an asthma that is calling know. itself Earworm, because didn't she mention the word Earworm first? And it's like, there's yeah. an earworm in my head. And then he said, I'm an earworm. So I'm just thinking that that's an asthma demon that was placed in her. And it just looks like it's frozen because she's frozen. Hmm. That's, a, that's a really clever idea. But I just think that's a regular asthma demon. 
All right. Let's give Detective Comics 1069 a rating out of five frozen psychiatrists. Oh, I don't care anymore. <laughs> um, oh, two and a half. Mid, exactly. Don't care. Don't hate it. I love it. Two, seven, five. It's not a three in any sense of the word, but uh, it's not. It's it's just it's it's a struggle. The struggle is real. The struggle is as real as my jet lag right now. Sorry, what was your rating again? Um two, two, five. Two five. Okay. I said three five. Um kinda glad I didn't go higher. I was I don't know. I felt like I should go higher, but I also didn't want to. So I'm glad I didn't. Um that gives us an average of two point nine two. And a median of 2.75. He came up with a median because he couldn't do a mode. <laughs> it does make me sad when I don't have a mode. Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener, a 13-year veteran, or anything in between, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TBU Bat Family and let us know what you think. All right, so let's move to Greater Gotham. going to add to our normal ratings of thumbs up, thumbs down, neutral, and abstain the category of WTH, or what the heck? <laughs> what the heck? No, how about what the hell? <laughs> I know it's family friendly, but dang. <laughs> okay. What um, the AG double hockey sticks? <laughs> that's a joke about webtoons from before we started recording, by the way. <laughs> well, that is also a phrase. I know, but I think that's why you said it that way. It's why it's on my mind. All right. So, with that being said, you will see why in a few minutes. (laughs) Nightwing number 101. Neutral. I don't know. There's too much going on. It's too much. I hate magic. I hate demons. So, so first question before I give my rating. Are they going to start doing backup stories in Nightwing now, too? Did they do one in this one? Yeah. Yeah, the backup story was the oh shoot, was the follow up to um, Nightwing training John. Oh, you're right. I don't think so. Didn't it say to be continued somewhere? Yeah, because remember at I the think... end, at the end, the 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 circus blows up. Yeah, I think there's just an ad. They're putting ad. They're making ads events into ad, or uh, events are ads, and now backups are ads. <laughs> It's it's a neutral for me as well. For some reason, it just everybody just seemed stupid yeah. in in that issue. So you know, they couldn't realize that perhaps something was wrong with the person that was looking at the dead body with him because the person wouldn't stop smiling, or no one would recognize that after they come and looking at it dead body in an autopsy body 
that Dick is walking out with a big old smile on his face and everybody's just too dumb to realize that something might be wrong. I don't know. Just and I was just going. I thought it was weird that like the Titans were suspects in his death, and they're gonna let Nightwing just be there alone with the autopsy, letting him tell her what happened. I don't know. This is weird. Yeah, it's the whole just, thing was weird. Oh, yeah, and and I'm like Steph. I, I can only take so much mash. So <laughs> neutral, yeah. which is which is a moment in history, y'all, considering <laughs> the Tom Taylor acolytes are. Not quite on board this issue. Thing, I didn't read this because I don't remember. So you, I'm gonna did, you did not miss anything. You didn't miss anything. Although uh, there was, although there was a Batwing appearance, so that kept. Oh really? Being... I gotta check that out. I love Batwing. Uh, not Batwing. Not Batwing. Bitewing. Bat I'm sorry. Bitewing. Oh, Bitewing. <laughs> no. <The dog>. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> got me excited. I thought it was Luke. <laughs> I was like, what book are you reading? Bitewing. All right. Sorry. Uh, Got eaten all excited. <laughs> Batman, Superman, World's... Oh, by the way, when we do find out what that uh, Batwing Vixen book is, you gotta tell me. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be closely watching that one. Alright. So, Batman, Superman, World's Finest number 12. Thumbs up, but... Why? Tell me about date night, because I, I... Okay, it was is fine. Is it really a date? It it was, but like Dick is a total jerk, not jerk, but Dick's screwing it up the whole time. What? what? Okay, okay. So, Steph, you might have to bleep me, but why are they making Dick a hoe again? (laughs) He's not. He's young and he's just going on an innocent little date. It was very much teenagers going on a date. It was not hope. It wasn't playerness at all. I just didn't understand why, because obviously Dick and Barbara are kind of more or less endgame. Is Supergirl ever been one of his romantic interests? And like, it didn't seem to have any effect or come from anything that had happened in the story. And it, I don't see what it's going to do for the story going forward. And Tamara didn't draw it. So all in all, I mean, I almost gave it a neutral, but it was a cute, fun little story. Um, but all in all, I didn't understand the point of it. Oh, 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 it was fine. It was it was a cute, awkward little story, but I didn't understand why it was there. It was Denny Feller. Definitely Denny Feller. I think we can tell that uh, this is an abstain for me. <laughs> uh, Theo? Oh, I already said I didn't read it. Because I actually about Date Night. That's right. I only knew about Date Night because of the cover. Cat number 52. Uh, Thumbs down. I mean, what is this? She's like yelling at her lawyer who's got evidence that she can get out for no. <laughs> She's like, Oh, but I killed him. She's like, No, you didn't. The explosion killed him. She's like, Oh my gosh. What is this book? Uh, and then Bat and Cat are writing love letters to each other. And like the things Bruce is saying, it's like, you, When you say those things, I don't know. Well, the real the thing that really got me is that Bruce says, "I would never tell you what you do," and then the next two pages are him telling her what to do. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know if you're doing that on purpose or not, but it's terrible. Ugh, what, what, what? I, I just uh, I I just don't get it. I, I, and I I glazed over the the crap. What's her name? 
fill in Catwoman stuff. I did not care. It's really badly done. And yeah. it makes me mad because I like Ico. Ico. Um, and I'm really, oh my goodness. Tomcat continues to be terrible and stupid. <laughs> the costume's bad. The name is bad. I'm not against the character as an idea, but this is terrible. This is awful. And she's Thumbs down. To, she's about to do Harley Quinn. Actually, I read the interview about Harley Quinn, and it looks like it might be better. Mm-hmm. Said the same thing about Catwoman. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm being too optimistic again. If you're not right. optimistic, then you're just miserable all the time. <laughs> well, I was, I was pessimistic just from recent history on the Xbooks, and I don't know why Ian was optimistic considering he and I had the same opinion of said Xbooks, and he's getting what he deserves. Because uh, <laughs> I don't deserve to have to review this book. Oh, it's so mean. Ah, Deceased War of the Undead Gods number six. This was almost a neutral, almost a thumbs yes, down. Exactly. And then, it didn't it happen. It happened. I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Great. Alfred has superpowers now because he was really pissed off. <laughs> Greatest moment in deceased history. <laughs> so good. Please tell me you read it, Ian. Please tell me you read it. Uh, why? No. Oh, you should at least read so the good. end because no. Damien's I saw again. the panels because I'm on Tumblr. Damien's about to get spooshed and. Alfred's like, not my last baby, you don't! And then he becomes... The Spectre. The Spectre. <laughs> yes, I saw that. No one <laughs> dies. I'm like, oh no shit, somebody's dies. about to get whooped now. So, I'm going to assume that's a thumbs up for both of you. Yes. Tom Taylor has redeemed himself this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. One bad day, Clayface. <sighs> Thumbs up, but this one made me so sad. I was like, Basil, don't do it, Basil. You're making such bad choices. This is a thumbs up, but folks, this isn't in continuity, so there's still yeah. a chance. There's still a chance. This is a thumbs up for me, too. I agree it's not in continuity, but I actually wouldn't be as bothered uh, if it were. Um, I had a long, good conversation with the professor on the Discord about that. I just think this is really well done. Like, really well executed, really good art. And it's very sad, as I think a one bad day should be. So, oh, And I love the concept of the role he's trying out for. It's actually the killing joke. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was that so was funny. So, that was so good. That was so good. Okay, so thus far... Steph and Ian, where do you have Clayface in the One Bad Day stories? Third. Third best. I feel like because I have a stronger emotional connection to this character and beforehand, like before getting in, and I cared so much about his rehabilitation, I might put this higher up because... It brought me farther down. <laughs> that's totally fair. I'm not saying everyone has to agree with me. I'm yeah, just, so I'd I'm... say two, one or two, but mostly because I don't remember the other ones. I will. <gasps> you don't mean? Oh, 
please tell me. Two Face and Bane are still one and two for me. Two Face. I had a lot of problems with the Two Face one. Why? I, I think it's fair. I just well, I can listen. I had, I enumerated them. Huh? Yep. Go back to that that uh, great Gotham. I had, I, I think I voiced a lot of my opinions on why I had a problem with the Two Face one. Yep, and they're they're quite reasonable. And I guess I guess the reason why I don't have a problem not hating them outside of Riddler, which was downright terrible. <laughs> and and Penguin was not great. Wait, I'm trying to know what was Penguin? What was Penguin? Penguin That's is on. John Ridley having Penguin basically take one bullet and take over the entire city of Gotham. I skipped that one, and something tells me I did well in doing so. You did good. I mean, it's an interesting idea, but it just pissed me off, because it's just like, Batman is such an idiot in the story. Yeah, so for me, Clayface is probably number four. Actually, it is number four. Um, Because I still have um, Two-Face... Two Face Bane and Mr. Freeze as my top three. I know Ian wasn't crazy about Mr. Freeze, but I really liked Mr. Freeze. Oh, I hated that one. Yeah. I, I love the art, but I hated that story. I love the concept of why Freeze was who he was. That was just such a different way. But that's my top. So yeah, Clayface would be number four. And all the rest are just Alright, now we get to say <laughs> Lazarus Planet Omega. Now, do we want to do Lazarus Planet Omega and Batman vs. Robin 5 separately or yes. together? Because they are kind of one story. Separately, separately because I have I... different emotional reactions to both. All right. We'll start with Lazarus Planet Omega then. Lazarus Planet is a hefty two thumbs down because I literally could not follow this story. There was too many people. I hated the art. Yep. I did not know what was happening. It was yep. hard to follow. I didn't know who was involved. I didn't know why they were involved when I knew who they were. I was just, it was dumb. Preach, preach, <laughs> preach on. <laughs> Definitely two thumbs down for me. I just, uh, I'm so happy that this planet is over. So here's my reaction. I feel that I know pretty much all the characters involved. I feel like I know what Mark Wade wanted me to think about them. And I still give this two thumbs down because I don't <laughs> care. It's terrible and stupid and dumb and also terrible and stupid and dumb. <laughs> this, this event sucked. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Batman versus Robin number five. Oh, this is the one that I specially requested the new reading because this is a WTH. That obviously was not the original <laughs> rating. Okay, well, <laughs> let, let, let me. Just, I I don't need a W two H. I need a W T F because that's what it is for me. And if it's for you, two steps, you just need to jump on the bandwagon. It is. It was so bad. Like, what was that ending? Batman was oh. revived with the power. Oh my of God! I know what the ending was, but it sucks. It's stupid. Oh, <laughs> you mean to tell me? And I, I, I actually, you mean to tell me that we canceled Robin? Robin for the 
shit. This was terrible. Oh my. And and I say Mark Way will always have credit as my as writing my favorite AU title ever in Kingdom Come. But god damn, this was bad. This was terrible. I, I just oh I feel like I have my own earworms in my head now. <laughs> that was so bad. And I picked this up simply because it was the last issue. And I wanted to see how this mess ended. And I regret. I wish I can get the time in my life back for this. It was terrible. And DC owes us an apology for printing this. It was utterly miserable to get through. And this whole Batman needs you to be yeah, go sit down somewhere. It was <laughs> uh, just terrible. Mark Way should be embarrassed for what he did with this title. We do not need another Batman versus Robin, Robin versus Batman, Batman versus family, whatever. Just let that shit lie where it is and call it quits. This miniseries and this event were pointless and stupid. And it is seven long issues of character assassination on everyone involved. And I'm particularly salty about how they handled spoiler. Stephanie Brown, she deserved way better than this. Um, but I think it's telling. I think it's very telling that they have nothing solicited for Damien for the next three months after this event. This is a dead end. It doesn't lead anywhere. It says nothing interesting at all. The only thing from the actual, like, tie-in books in quotations of Stark Alley. Tie-ins, they're advertisements you have to pay for. Was that Flatline resurrected Roz, and then that had nothing to do with anything. Like, that was like, for sure, this is the only thing of consequence in these books. And nope, it had nothing to do with it. And what pisses me off even more so is the fact that in writing Robin, Joshua Williamson knew it was a dead end that it was all to set this mess up. And that is a, that is so much of a disservice for something that was, it was still a great series. Though. So good. It's so good. And they ended it for this crap. I am so pissed about this. And this issue only solidified that, that hate. I, I did not like it. DC should be embarrassed for what they did with this with this series. I I don't know what they feel the need for all these Batman versus Robins, which always end up the same way. Robin gets pissed. Robin goes off. Robin said, "Oh, I'm sorry, Dad," and everything is all hunky dory. And it, I we don't need it. it just. Don't do this again. This was terrible. And the way this ended. Bleh. So here's a genuine question. How does this compare to the Adam Glass Teen Titans run? I don't know that one. What's the, what, that's, what, the, what, that's the last time Damien and Batman were fighting. 
you know, where ba- Damien's uh, like, I'm not Robin anymore. Yeah, that's when he tore the emblem off his uniform. See, I... Uh, how does this compare to that? That was true internal struggle. That was Damien. It was... I didn't love it. But that was Damien struggling with who am I? Not done in a crappy way. It's like, how do I want to do this? How do I reconcile being Talia's child and Batman's child? And even though I didn't agree with everything that happened... um. I still appreciated the struggle and I liked where it led. Like, I think it led to growth and I, I appreciated that. This was forced upon both of them. Both times it was Batman versus Robin. Neither one was in charge of themselves. They were possessed both times. So it's not Batman versus Robin. And like you said, this is not going anywhere. This is, there's no. There's a there's a there's a bit that Seinfeld did a long time ago about horse racing and how the horse must be so confused because he gets to the end of the race and he's like this is this is where we started we could have just stayed here we would have been, we would have been right where we started why why did we go around in circles and that's what I feel like like this is we're literally right back where we started there's been no emotional development whatsoever they are right back where they started before Roz was shot. And it's dumb. While I was not crazy about Teen Titans after Adam Glass took over, it, it was the worst part of that series. I agree with that. I will agree with Steph that the struggle between Bruce and Damien, there is nothing compared to this. It seemed more natural. And it led to it led to Joshua Williamson's run, which in the end led to a lot of growth for Damien, which I can appreciate. This does none of that. I mean, it's just <clears throat> it's demon possession after demon possession, which means that everyone has a get out of jail card free, and it leads absolutely nowhere. Any chance, Tim is? Demon possessed, and <laughs> he's Bernard possessed. Um, so I, obviously, I think that I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Adam Glass stuff, but this feels bombastic and in your face terrible. Whereas the Adam Glass stuff felt frustrating, but as you've said, it felt more organic. It felt like there's more time t- paid to the characters' motivations. So I, I would agree. I think this was significantly worse than the I was Robin storyline. All right. <laughs> Moving at a snail space. GCPD, the blue wall, number five. Thumbs up, but this is so sad. Every time you say that, it's not selling you on the book. <laughs> it's getting worse. And like, it's so hard to pick sides because uh, it's just it's rough. It's rough. This world we live in is and there's no good choices. And I think, but, I mean, obviously, mass murder and killing sprees are wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not go too far here. Let's not go too far the other way. But oh gosh, he just—you really do feel for him. I—it's it's a thumbs up for me as well. I—I I truly enjoy. It. I am really enjoying this. 
I'm really enjoying the series, but as Steph and I have said on multiple occasions, this is this is not something you want to read if you're looking for a pick-me-up uh, or if you're having a good day because it will ruin it. And it's unfortunate because as Steph just said, it is very reflective of our society today, which is unfortunate. But it is really good in in how Ridley is putting these characters out there. And I truly enjoy the fact that he um he um brought Harvey back to make his proposition to Renee mm-hmm. to handle her problem um which of course renee turned down uh, but it is unfortunate that she's hitting the bottle again i hope that one glass was it but um i don't know i loved harvey in that moment yeah i mean and it wasn't like it this wasn't two-faced this wasn't two-faced yeah. making this proposition this was this was Harvey Dent saying, hey, I know we have our issues, but let me handle this for you and just walk away. Your hands are clean. No one needs to know. I'll never say anything. Let me tackle this for you. And you could tell Renee really considered it. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact that she turned the offer down. Again, the good thing being the police commissioner, but again, it, it's 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 not the book that you want to read when when you're having a good day, and it's it's also nice to see nice, and I say that quote unquote, seeing the struggles Renee is going through not just as police commissioner and trying to, but also personally. Now, first of all, as commissioner, she's seeing fault in herself because she's recognizing, hey, I failed as commissioner. This guy came to me. He came to us multiple times and we failed him. So I have to own up to this. And the fact that it was not just brought to her office doorstep, but it was brought to her home doorstep. And the fact that her brother and future sister-in-law are now not going to be future sister-in-law are now dead. And you see her really struggling to go through all of this while being a police commissioner and just again, Harvey showing up and, doing what he did it, it's good issue but again don't don't read it expecting you're gonna you're gonna have some smiles at the end <laughs> and he all is beautiful I'm, I'm still abstaining it just sounds too sad for me um harley quinn number 27 the last issue of stephanie phillips run Thumbs up. That was some real Deadpool crap going on in that book. 
I, 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 I thought it was cute. I really hope we don't start getting the Harley Who Laughs merch, though. That'll be. I appreciated this for the zany fun it was. If it's meant to be more, I'll appreciate it less. Epstein. Uh, I actually did read this one, and I'm kind of neutral on it. I um, I thought it was reasonably well done, but I, I don't like Poison Ivy. I don't ship her with Harley, and it's for the same reason I don't ship Joker and Harley. I think both Joker and Poison Ivy are radical anti-human mass murderers, and I don't think that makes for a healthy relationship. So it doesn't mean they can't love. I didn't say they didn't love each other. I just think it's not healthy. And I'm not interested in shipping an unhealthy relationship that way. Um, the Riddler, year one, number three. Neutral? It, <laughs> it was interesting seeing him work with Batman. I think that's what happened. <laughs> but this book is so weird, I couldn't actually tell what was happening. But I think he's working with Batman to uncover some records and do some investigation. It's just a really long one bad day is all this is going to be. Because by the end, he has got to be the, the, the Riddler from the film. Who wants to work with Batman to take out Bruce Wayne, which is just all kinds of messed up. But yeah. Neutral, but that's just because the art is so bizarre. It's hard to understand what's going on, but that's part. I think that's what you're supposed to like. His mental state is just ridiculous, and the art definitely reflects that very, very well. Epstein. Also, abstain. Tim Drake, Robin, number six, end of the first arc. (laughs) Thumbs down for. All the reasons. Two dumps down for all the reasons and then some. <laughs> Thumbs down. Uh, story and art just are are weak and poorly executed. A couple good moments, so it's not like... I think there's some good moments, but they don't make up for the bad moments. Uh, and a thumbs up for the Dan Mora variant cover with Steph on it. So. Yes, oh. that was lovely. Are you sticking? Are you sticking with your original prediction that this goes no more than eighteen issues? Did I say eighteen? Or did you say twelve? I thought I said twelve. You sticking to it? Yeah, this is going nowhere, man. No one cares about this book. I don't know what they were thinking. I know exactly what they were thinking, but they were thinking wrong. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know what they were thinking, too. Yeah. Punchline, the Gotham game, number five. (sighs) Neutral? I miss Bruce. (laughs) I miss Selena, sort of. I don't understand what's happening. I think that's the biggest thing, is I don't quite understand why Selena's, or what's his name? Salonis. Black Mask. I don't know what he's doing. And I don't know why he's killing everyone. I I don't know. I don't know what anyone's doing or why. Yeah. Neutral, because it's confusing. I treat my punchline like I treat my Holly. I don't touch him. <laughs> I. He's struggling. 
So I, I did read this issue. I've been a little behind, but I read this issue. And um, I, I understand exactly what Steph is saying. This is an incoherent series. There's a lot of stuff that I enjoyed about it, but it makes no sense. The conflict makes no sense. It's not a punchline book. It's not about punchline. Punchline's just in it. And she had a plan at the beginning. And she was the the it's Yeah, started, the beginning it started was strong. Well. Yeah, I really like the way it started. And there's still some interesting ideas. Like I like the part where uh someone's like, I'm gonna die with someone who has le- like less than five thousand followers. Like that is actually <laughs> I think that's funny and also clever. Like that's the kind of thing Punchline is good at, but it wasn't Punchline who said it. And it's just like this this book is so incoherent. And it's so weird to me that DC is taking their character who has so much buzz. Like this is their new uh, jewel in the crown of their brand new characters. Like this is the character everybody knows about because she's sexy and she's Joker and she's, uh, you know, new. But this is such a dumb series to try and promote her with. It became a dumb. Yeah, I is just. Mm. I wanted to like it. Like, I was impressed with how much I liked it to start. And then it's just gotten worse. So it's a neutral for me. Um, Oh, except for one thing. So there's an editor's note that says Harper Road developed anti-nanotech in Batman and Robin Eternal number 26. That is a lie. It was (laughs) Batman Eternal number 42. Oh, my. So Dave goes, you should be ashamed. That is wrong. (laughs) You failed in your one job. The one thing you do not do is tick Ian Miller off about Batman Eternal. One of my favorite series, guys. I've read it five times. All 50 issues. And to not credit Eternal appropriately, (laughs) you will feel his wrath. And lastly, DC Ruby number one. Steph, you're going to have to take this one away. I'm going to give an obligatory thumbs up. There wasn't anything spectacular about it. It was your run-of-the-mill crossover misunderstanding, and then they start working together story. So this, it, it, we can't judge it on the first one. This was just a setup. Ruby is delightful, as always. She has a scythe. Yes, that makes her look like the evil. She wears black, but she's fine. But it's going to be the second issue that is going to determine whether this is a good story. But things are happening that don't happen in, um, crap, wherever Ruby's from. <laughs> I forget. It's been too long since I've watched Ruby. Yeah, anyway, it's fine. It's uh, you know. Is that neutral uh, or thumbs up? It was a thumbs up. It was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. It's just, it was very run of the mill. It was I, like, sure. it was like the first. Ninja Turtles crossover, like I don't know. I don't know if I want Big B. I don't know if I want to say that because the first Batman Turtles crossover was awesome from start to finish. This and I, I read this because I read this because of you because I know you're a Ruby fan, and and it it, you said it perfectly. It was definitely run of the mill, which was Mm -hmm. just why it was just the neutral. For me, um, art was nice, but everything was just, 
there. Yeah. Yeah, there was nothing. There was nothing. Oh, wow. So the reason I gave it a thumbs up is because what's happening is not what happens in the show. Is the grim are the baddies, but generally people don't start spitting fire. (laughs) So the girls are unaware of these extra side effects that are happening because that does not happen in their world. At least from where I stopped watching season five, and I think there's season nine now. So maybe some extra things have happened. But um, from what I remember, this is a new development. So to me, that was slightly interesting that things change when they come to our world. Um, so that's my reason for my thumbs up. Uh, so I have continued to not keep up with these. So that's why Steph is our Ruby person. <laughs> um. That brings us to the end of our episode. A lot of, I think, a lot of good discussion this time. I think there Well, was not a lot the end of, of the really... episode, but end of Greater Gotham. Well, I do want to tag on to Greater Gotham. Oh, yeah? I'm finally, I'm caught up on Wayne Family Adventures, and I'm catching up on... I'm not. I still, still got to catch are. up. They're both delightful. Which one? Red Hood? Both of them. So listen. Listen. I'm listening. Artemis and Jason are just established couple. They don't get together. They just are together. And it's lovely. And they get to snuggle sometimes. It's so cute. Now, why couldn't we, why couldn't we have that in, in the actual comics? In continuity? Why can't we have nice things? Why can't we have nice things? Well, you should check them out for free on Webtoons. I gotta catch up. I'm also reading the Tana, which is fine. She's mad at John now, which is fine. I'm still mad about Tana and historical accuracy of prostitution, <laughs> but but that's not TVU. <laughs> wait, 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 which one? Zatanna. I gave up on that. It was just I don't know. I, I should I did, I did get up on and Vixen because I was enjoying it. It's just Vixen is really good. Video. Vixen is really good. Oh, I might need to try it. Vixen. I, I'm, I'm behind on all of my webtoons, and now you all are telling me I need to read. I wish you were dead too. So, <laughs> oh yes, you should read that one. <laughs> All right. Well, Wayne Family <laughs> Adventures, thumbs up. Red Hood Outlaw, thumbs up. Let's move on to our thank for our patrons. So, again, if you support us at a certain level on Patreon, we read your name on our podcast with a big thank you. So, thank you to Lisa Slack, Donovan Morgan Grant, Austin Davis, Ian Miller, Stanton's Grave, Johnny McCloskey, Gerald Green, Donald Townsend, Cesar Diaz, Joshua Lappin Bertoni, Ed Grouse, Jessica Morales, Rob O, Captain America, David Richards, Tim Garassi, Mary Garrett, Robert Lewis, and Stephanie Mounts. Thank you all for helping us keep our archive and our new episodes up. We appreciate your support, your comments, and your involvement in the community. Uh, the discourse has been really good the last couple of weeks, um, so definitely join that. Um, but that brings us to the end of the podcast, so thank you. Um, I have been Ian. Oh, this is Steph. Oh God, what's wrong? You, 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 so you, you, you have been Ian. Who are you the rest of the time? Stephanie Brown fan. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still jet lagged. Yep, that's what happens when you go back and forth over the pond. Oh yeah. At least I'm not the only person who who, who uses that term going over the pond. I used that with a friend of mine and she was like, 
What do you mean? I'm like, huh, you never heard that. But that's what you call it. That's what you call it. You go over the pond, go over the ocean. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, but jet lag is real, y'all. It's, it's, I it's, bet. It's, it's almost a week now, and I'm still jet Well, we appreciate that you chose to spend some of your jet lag time with us, Theo. Yeah, I'm going to sleep now. That's a good idea. All right. So we hope all of you, if you're listening at night, will finish this episode and then take a good night's sleep. (laughs) Uh, I hope you'll tune in next time to hear us. Thanks for listening. Thank you.